0: Chiefs made a trip, had a couple of guys show up that might want to come back to this roster, and they're getting ready to turn it up another notch at OTAs. Matt Derrick is here to fill us in on everything today on Locked On Chiefs.
1: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast.
0: Welcome in. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On podcast network, and that means your team every day for free on every platform. Starting with YouTube, where I would ask you to like, sub, and hit the bell right now if you guys would. And then out on the audio as well, Spotify, Apple, all of the platforms. You can get us for free all the time. That's how we roll. Check out another Lockdown Show for your next listen. Whether it's NBA, there happens to be a playoff thing going on. You guys might want to check out. You never know. As well as everything else under the sun. So today, we get to talk uh, about where we're going with the Kansas City Chiefs in this, this scintillating week of June. Matt Derek from Chiefs Digest is here to, to guide us through that. You never know what's going to happen. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting over at RogueAPC.com, as well as NFL 33 and RGR football. So, Matt, I we just got to start. Like it's been kind of a shift the schedule around. The Chiefs had something come up that they got to do in the wake of Norma Hunt's departure. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that another day. We've we've discussed it a couple of times on the show lately. Get your thoughts. Um, later, uh, but it, to turn that around, there was a White House visit, and that's always a big piece. They didn't get to do this the first time out. Uh, there were a lot of players there, players past and present. So, uh, I, I found the moments of levity to be light, and I found that the, the team represented itself as the kind of loose group that Andy Reid likes to groom every year. Does that ring true for you? Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it was really cool to see. And, you know, and and remember, you know, after Super Bowl four, going to this White House wasn't really a completely a thing back then. So first time for the Chiefs to get to do that. It was a it was a pretty it was a big deal to everybody in the organization. So um, you saw as as many people that could make it that did, you know, including some guys who have signed with other teams, you know, were able to get out of it, their their commitments there, because most teams are all in some form of OTAs or mini camps and everything right now. It's the final week of something or the first week of something else for some other teams. Um, But yeah. And some guys were free agents. Obviously were there. Um, It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And certainly if you haven't had a chance yet, you know, go through the, the, the social media of the guys who were there, you know, (laughs) Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, everything Um, a lot of fun photos from behind the scenes. You could tell these guys were having a lot of fun. Um, it was a clearly, you know, this was really their only reunion that they've had. I mean, since the, this was the first time majority of them were all back in the same place since Super Bowl 57, uh, maybe the next day at the facility. And then they all went their separate ways. So it was a fun little reunion that you got to watch. And I thought that the, the team handled themselves in a, a fun way. I mean, you saw Travis and Patrick having even a little bit of fun. So it, it was, I mean, a lighthearted event. It was another, you know, you know, a chance to celebrate for this team. And, but now I think they'll, they'll all tell you it's time to put the celebration behind. And now they've got some more, I mean, they got a ring ceremony coming up and, <laughs> and they're going to have a fun on Thursday night uh, for the season opener. But after that, then it's time to really get serious.
0: Then it's business. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple of more celebrations and then it's time to get serious. Well, first,
0: I got to ask you, that, that bit uh, that Travis and, and, and Mahomes pulled off, that was rehearsed, was it not? Am I, am I just the only one who thinks that?
1: Um, you're not the only one that thinks that. I have been asked that question more in the last 24 hours than any other question. Um, and I'm assuming it was, you know, a little bit planned. Um, <laughs> with those two, you never know. Uh, I thought it was, if, if not, if, if it was planned, it was well executed. I, I agree completely. It
0: was light-hearted. organic, Yes. <laughs> it, it set the tone. It was lighthearted. I like that. Uh, so was the presence of some players that, that aren't on the roster now. Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark were there. Um, Chris Jones was there. Haven't seen him for a bit. Uh, schnazzy little uh suit that he was wearing. Those three guys in particular maybe offer a little bit of a of a touch base with everybody there in the organization, just if it's 30 seconds. Like, hey, you still interested? Yeah, I still am. Hey, you want to get this done back and forth? It comes to me that. All other possibilities aside, Chris Jones, a little bit of contact possibly face-to-face with Andy Reid, maybe with everybody in the organization. That's becoming the forefront. There was a report last week, and I do believe it, that they they are seeking to get this thing done with Chris Jones, get him extended a little bit quicker than we originally thought. Both of us thought the deadline for camp is most likely. Has your opinion changed, and you think that the White House visit has anything to do with that, a way to touch base and maybe
1: speed that along? Yeah, I mean, the the White House visit, honestly, with that has absolutely nothing to do. I mean, could there have been some communication? I mean, could Brett Veach have said, hey, Chris, really looking to get you back here fast? Um, Could could it have said, hey, Frank, you know, keep working out. Might need to call you here pretty soon. Um, Nothing has changed there. I mean, those negotiations are going to be between the, the Brett Veach and the agents. And last I saw, the agents weren't there yesterday. So, you know, other other than some drive-by conversations. And honestly, I think that these guys would also tell you that yesterday was not the venue for it. It wasn't the time for it. I mean, that was a time to, to celebrate 57. It wasn't a time to worry about contracts or look at the future. It was a time about them all having fun and getting together. I think the last thing that any of them wanted to con- talk about were contracts. So uh, I, I doubt that a lot of headway or ground was made at the White House visit. But, you know, as far as a timeline with with Chris Jones... Um, Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing with that timeline that would make sense about really needing to be expedient is that, remember, Chiefs have basically zero room under the salary cap. They've got about $1.2 right now as far as workable cap room. And that's obviously not what they're going to go into the season with. There's more work to be done there. But if you're talking about now and the six weeks before training camp starts, then, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs can't do anything. I mean, the very least that they could do is, you know, sign, you know, undrafted free agents. I mean, minimum salary guys, you could, you could cro- you know, swap out the bottom of the roster. But if you're the Chiefs and you're trying to make a splash, like signing a wide receiver, a veteran of some sort that may be out there, or you're trying to bring in a veteran like Frank Clark, who's going to make a little bit more than league minimum, um, you got no room to do it. So there's absolutely no leeway for this team until a deal with Chris Jones gets done. Um, I mean, July 15th is still a good date to just have in your head. I mean, if you want to bet the under that it gets done before that, I would not bet against you right now because there certainly seems to be momentum for that to happen. And like I said, the Chiefs are motivated to make that happen because the sooner they do, the sooner that they could make some other moves if they want to. So one has to come before the other as far as just the cap space goes. Um, but, I, I mean, it's also not a necessity. I mean, if the Chiefs wanted to wait until July 15th to get a deal done and then on July 16th, they're signing some guys uh, with Frank Clark, you certainly could do that. And honestly, I mean, with, you know, adding anybody else, once the mini camp ends next week, it's not like anybody is getting together again because right. everybody in the NFL is on vacation. They're, they're doing, I mean, I am absolutely certain that between the end of mini camp and the beginning of training camp that Patrick Mahomes' schedule was already booked. So it's not like he's just going to be waiting in Dallas for some receivers to come down and hang out with. Everybody's got their time tied up with. So I don't know if it really is critical as far as timing goes. I just know that, yes, Chiefs need Chris Jones done before a lot of other things could happen.
0: Yeah, I, I see it that way too. And yeah, I look forward to Patrick's trip to Erskine, Caicos and whoever else <laughs> he has to shoot uh, commercials for the whole nine yards. I'm but sure State Farm's got some time booked. I have to think so, right? Uh, So there's a lot for everybody to do, and we're going to talk about what has to be done next. Certainly this week, and then obviously in mandatory minicamp coming up next. First, I got to tell you about our pals because they are back, Bird Dogs is, and they have a great deal for you. They make some of the best stretch action wear that you want to get into. It's khaki shorts. They're designed for like a slim fit around the thigh and the leg and giving you that look that you're looking for, but still allowing you to move. And do the active things that you like. Uh, you can get the exact same thing from Lululemon or something like that, but these fit a lot better. Uh, Bird Dogs fixed the issue with inventing a, a cool fabric that looks good and also looks like khaki, and but it stretches and it gives you everything that you're looking for in one kind of material. It's anti-stink and anti-sweat. It's wicking fabric, and it gives you all the the pluses of athletic wear as well. So all you got to do to get this deal is go to birddogs.com/slash locked on NFL. You can see it down here below me. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and use that promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order right now. That's birddogs to get a free Yeti style tumbler. When you go there and, and pick something up, I think you're going to dig it. It's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. You want to go take care of that. Now I might have to send some, uh, Matt's way because, uh, I keep messing around with the image here because that's exactly what I'm doing today. Uh, it's, it's fun. You got to mess with everything. Right. And I feel like that's what they're doing at OTAs. They're messing with lineups. They're throwing guys in and out. Um, but I'm looking for somebody to take a step forward. Now we've gotten through the rookie mini camp. We've gotten through the first couple of sets of practices, learning the install. Where are you supposed to be? What's it going to look like now? This starts to get a little bit more serious leading up to veteran camp next week, Matt, what's the, what's the basis in the progression
1: yeah, what I'm looking for is a little bit of the pecking order to kind of sort itself out. Like you've said, I mean, there's been a lot of mixing and matching, and there still will be. I mean, it's it's not really set. I mean, and obviously things will really get set when you get to training camp, but you're going to start to see a little bit of separation this week and in the mini camp about, you know, what is really going to be the the starting lineup and who are the ones going into the the first week of camp in July. That's where it sort of starts to get settled out right now. Um, You know, uh, last week, you know, we even saw some more changes. I mean, as far as, you know, with guys who were not there and people who got reps, I mean, you know, some of the rookies were getting a little bit different looks in different places like Wanya Morris. Um, You know, you're going to see that this time of year. And there's a lot of figuring out. There's a lot less than in the past. And, you know, I, I go back to like what Steve Spagnolo told us last week about the secondary. Uh, I will say this. I mean, I thought Steve Spagnuolo looked a lot less stressed at this year uh, during OTAs <laughs> than he did last year, because I, I don't know if he knew what his starting lineup was going to be and who was going to be where last year. This year, he's got pretty good point. I think he feels pretty good about where he stacked up, but even there, they're, you know, they're still figuring out who's going to be maybe, you know, their fourth, fifth, sixth corners and who's going to be the backup safeties and what's going to happen. They're going to, they're figuring out some rotations, even at linebacker. So, you know, that's, that's starting to gel and starting to come together right now.
0: I, I'm looking for that to kind of solidify as well. In particular, the couple of rookies, like you said, he he doesn't have, you know, seven rookies that he's got to try to figure out if he can actually get playing time out of this year. But it does provide a couple of opportunities. And I wonder... It, who can make the plays that set themselves apart? We understand with, with Brian Cook being the starter, the backup safety roles, the third safety in particular, is I think is something that's really intriguing to me right now. With the rookie in Connor, with Mike Edwards in town, Deion Bush playing special teams, that's the one right now that I really feel like the continuity of having Juan Thornhill depart is something they have to replace rather quickly. But it's not just with the two high looks. It's being able to be in there and be multiple and a guy that moves around. Give a feel for who you expect to step forward, or if you have any kind of inkling, who do you want to see get there?
1: Well, that's a really great question, too. And and I will even throw in a, a guy like Drew Tranquil into that conversation because I think he has an impact in how they're going to, you know, maybe use some of their dime packages. Because, you know, in the past, where I think the Chiefs would have absolutely gone dead solid with a safety. And some of those looks, they may go with a third linebacker at times because, you know, Tranquil is a flexible guy who can they, they do trust to cover some people in certain situations. So they may have some different looks and, and different flavors at times, you know, be based on their personnel this year, which I think is a, a lot more flexible. I think you're right. I mean, it, the corner and safety groups are going to be really hard to figure out because, uh, I mean, the Chiefs have got a lot of corners. I mean, I was trying to figure out when they drafted Nick Jones where he's going to fit in. And, and I do think it's still difficult. And that's, you know, discounting the fact that Nazi Johnson's a guy who's looked really good and really comfortable this, this, this summer. Where's he going to fit in? I mean, with all those bodies. I mean, it's a good problem to have if you're the Chiefs, because normally at this time of year, we've been talking about, hey, who can the Chiefs go out and sign to bolster this group? They don't have to, but they're going to have some tough decisions to make. And, I, and, I, and at safety, I feel like that they're the same way. Even though it's about getting some of the new faces, Mike Connor, like Mike Connor. I'm combining Chamari Connor and, too. <laughs> and Mike Edwards and the one guy. Uh, like I used to do with the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, the Tommy Kramer, Wade Wilson. There you um, go. Wade Kramer, Tommy Wilson. Yeah. Um, shows my age right there for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have some tough decisions, but that's a good problem to have because they're tough decisions in the past on defense really weren't that tough. I mean, it was kind of the lesser of two evils. And this time, I mean, this year, they're going to have to wave some pretty good guys to get down to 53. Yeah, certainly in that secondary group. There's a couple other groups that I have more questions
0: about because I don't think we've gotten to either see enough of of competitive spirit or or just the nature of OTAs. We're going to cover those groups next. So Matt, we're going to circle back here to a couple of the position groups that I am uh, intrigued in, let's say. Because I don't feel like we've we get enough out of OTAs for either of these positions because of the nature of what OTAs is. Yes, it's a passing camp. You'd think that that actually gives away, uh, you know, some some ability. A, a look at the wide receiver group, but in playing coverage against them, you have so many young players. I think the the highlight reel from OTAs gets a little bit out of sorts. What does it actually give you about in terms of like understanding the offense? What a guy's going to be prepared for coming into training camp? Can OTA's really give us any kind of glimpse of what the reality will be come July August?
1: Yeah, it does. And I will say this, it doesn't show up on highlight clips or photos or anything you're going to see from OTA's because the things you learn about these guys and what, you know, will help guys either move up in the pecking order or cost them jobs is going to be things like showing that you've picked up the offense, that you've picked up the playbook, that you're lining up in the right places, that you're making the right decisions, that you know your responsibilities. And (sighs) highlight real plays are nice, but those aren't what help you get jobs and help you move up the roster. I mean, and especially at receiver. I mean, you know, and to me, that's the thing, is that if you're a wide receiver and you're not impressing me right now, this time of year, when are you? Because these guys can't put their hands on you. All they can do is guard you with their feet and and, and they can jump, but that's it. So if you're not getting open right now and you're not making plays right now, I don't know when you're going to make plays. So, I I mean, that's that's why, I mean, you know, I know everybody's been excited about Justin Ross and I'll admit, I mean, Mm -hmm. the highlights have been spectacular, but I'll tell you who my comp for him right now is. It's Demarcus Robinson. Because Demarcus Robinson did this every year. Demarcus Robinson owned May and June every single year. And all of us all wrote stories telling you about how this is the year that Demarcus Robinson is going to break out and just take over the world. And Demarcus Robinson was who he is. A a fine player year in, year out. But that's what he was. And, you know, and the fact that he dominated in in, in May and June, because he's six foot four and good size and a great, great athlete and nobody can guard him. So that's why I say pump the brakes, wait until July and August, because as as the wonderful phrase that I do love, no matter how many times I hear it in the NFL, wait until the pads come on. Okay. I I won't argue. I'm
0: waiting for the pads to come on for the other position group that I want to see because Pass rushers don't get to do anything in these camps. You might no. as well be playing patty cake with offensive. You line. are playing patty cake out there. I, it's more a dance moves for offensive tackles than it's anything for the defensive line. Um, a lot of people have been asking questions about how many of the ends are dropping, uh, a many who or et cetera. The fact is that they have a lot of guys that can be both ends and tackles. Uh, I anticipate everybody getting a healthy dose of both. Um, that includes Frank Clark. I think he'll get some opportunity outside again. And everybody can come down inside. But the question is, can they impress upon what they did last season uh, in in finishing what second in sacks to move that along to produce more pressure overall, including getting to the quarterback? Uh, do Do you like this time of year in terms of like seeing overall athleticism, what guys are capable of doing? And do you think it translates once we get to camp?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's at least a couple of things with the pass rushers that you get to see this time of year. And, you know, in one's handwork, I mean, you can see, you know, how they use their hands as far as trying to to move offensive linemen, you know, even though they can't touch a lot, there's there's a little bit of contact on the offensive line. At least there's some hand fighting that they let them get away with. So you can tell a little bit about that and hand placement and everything. Uh, but really, it's about footwork. I mean, that's what you see is that you've got who's, got who's got a quick step, who can get outside on the offensive line. Conversely, I mean, you could see whose feet are a little bit slow, who maybe, you know, needs a little bit of of tune-up or who's going to be more, relying a little bit more on their arms to block than their legs and who might, you know, need some help. Uh, one thing about, you know, what we have seen from this, because you're right, I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are not going to do anything dramatically different this year. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is not, you know, changing up his defense. He is going to do what he does. And, you know, and that does mean that some, hey, some guys are going to drop back at times and it does seem like that they've got a pretty good athletic group that can move a little bit that looks solid. Uh, what we have seen from the past rushers, a lot of what we saw last year, I mean, you know, and why they were so effective, they're getting longer and leaner, especially, you know, a little bit on the inside because that definitely, if you, anything you can do to clog up those passing lanes and affect the quarterback, even if it doesn't involve getting him onto the ground or getting a hit helps. And, you know, and and I still think that they're going to benefit from the fact that they've got really good blitzers at the secondary levels. And that's a big reason why they had, were successful in sacks last year because they've got some guys in the secondary that can blitz. they got some linebackers that can move. Those guys are still there. So I think they're going to be fine. I mean, you know, sacks can sometimes be a boom or bust proposition. We've seen that with the Chiefs the last two years. Their pressure rate has been pretty consistent over the last two years. The difference was that in 2021, they never got to the quarterback, it seemed. And in 2022, they got there all the time. who are the Chiefs, really? They're probably somewhere in the middle, which means they're probably an average to above-average pass rush. I mean, I still think they can very well be above average this year because of the resources that they've got, but at least this time of year, what we've been able to tell is that, yes, they are athletic, they're lean, they can move. That's a good base to start with.
0: I I like that concept, and I think it affords you the opportunity to then make that connection. Um, But before I let you go, I do want to finish... I, uh, you were on television, I think, last weekend, and I think you had a, a nice, a, a really, really intriguing concept uh, in, in mentioning uh, Norma Hunt and, and the awards and, and her influence on the league. Uh, for those who didn't get to see it, I, I think it's a great idea. Would you just kind of run us through real quickly what what you feel would be a nice homage to her?
1: Yeah. You know, and and there's a, there's several women around the league that, you know, have used the words of first lady of the NFL, but there's no one has had it more consistently applied to them than Norma Hunt. And, you know, I don't think there's any doubt there's the things, the crazy things that Lamar did would not have been possible, would not have been, he could not have done those without her support and oftentimes work behind the scenes. And, and I, I think that should be one of her lasting legacies is, is women in the NFL, I think it'd be great, especially with more and more women getting into roles on the field, not just in, you know, the the football operations, athletic training, but also as coaches. We're seeing more women in the front offices and in the general manager's offices. It's not too long, I don't think, before we're going to see a a woman general manager in the NFL. We're going to probably see a a woman coordinator in the NFL before you know it. With all of that happening, I, I think it'd be great if there was a Norma Hunt Award for women that are in the on the field, in the front offices, especially, you know, to acknowledge emerging talents. You know, I I think, you know, the, the professional football writers, I'm I'm gonna push them because, you know, they created the the Therese Paler Award a few years ago for emerging writers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it would be absolutely great to be able to recognize up and coming female talent and to do it with Norma Hunt's name, I I think would be a great legacy for her.
0: I completely agree. PFWA, I hope you're paying attention. Uh if not, I'm gonna tweet this out a thousand times anyway, so it's fine. Uh, Matt, thanks for that insight. And it's a great idea. And I, I appreciate you bringing that to the forefront as well. So, uh, folks, make sure you follow ChiefsDigest.com with everything that Matt's seeing out there at OTAs, especially for mandatory minicamp. That's coming up, Matt, thanks for your time and your insight. As my, absolutely. Always my pleasure, Ryan. Great catching up with you. We'll be back tomorrow to take a look at what Patrick Mahomes has to work with for the rest of your OTAs and who has something to prove for mandatory minicamp. Folks have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.